Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. I'm joined today by Tony Macia, senior writer for the Weekly Standard, joining us by Skype from Charlotte. How are you doing, Tony? Doing great, Eric. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. Now, I, I think that it's important, given the topic of this podcast today, to let everyone know that no puddles have been disturbed in the making of the podcast. It's very important. No puddle left behind. So to make sense of that, you you were writing a piece about a farmer named John Duarte. Uh, is that the correct pronunciation of his name? That's that's correct. John Duarte is the owner. He is the owner of uh, Duarte Nurseries near uh, Modesto, California, the Central Valley. And he got himself in trouble with the feds. He did get himself in trouble with the feds. And uh, I'll just uh, tell you the story. And this was in the, the Weekly Standard. So he, in 2012, bought a piece of land um, uh, about halfway between Sacramento and the Oregon border. And he has a nursery, so he grows nut trees for the most part. And he was thinking, well, I can put, put some almond trees on this land. Uh, uh, but he initially bought it, kind of looked at it, wasn't going to be able to do it quite in time uh, to, to, for the harvest. So he said, well, maybe we'll plant some wheat on this land. It's about uh, 450 acres. And so he knew there were some, there's potentially some environmental issues on this piece of land. So he told the guy uh, who was going to plant the wheat, he said, okay, there are these things on there called um, vernal pools that the uh, that the Army Corps of Engineers might be interested in. Now, and I know what that, is a you know, vernal the, pool? Sir, yes. Well, you know, the Daily Standard uh, listeners, I know, are very a very educated audience, especially when it comes to agricultural science and um, hydrology. But vernal pools, for those who might not know, are um, indentations in the earth um, fair, slight depressions that occasionally are wet after it rains, um, but occasionally are not, you know, in, in the summertime when it's, when it's dry. So the Army Corps of Engineers considers them to be wetlands, but it, we're not talking about the Everglades. We're not talking about a, a marsh. So he had basically had, had plowed through some of these vernal pools um, that were adjacent to uh, a nearby creek. And so what happened was he, you know, he, the Army Corps of Engineers um, saw him out there doing that, and they, uh, they, they came after him. It was initially, the, you know, the one Army Corps of Engineers guy for this five-county region north of Sacramento sees this plow sitting out in the field and start, writes up a report. It goes to the supervisor, and it becomes this big thing. And they, they send him a cease and desist order. said, you can't plant wheat. And he said, I'm just planting wheat. You know, it's just I plow and I'm, I'm planting wheat. That's what I do. So he ended up he ended up getting himself prosecuted. He did. Who he, was doing you know, he the prosecuting? Got a cease and desist order. Sure, got a cease and desist order. But you know, he decided to go ahead and fight it. You know, rather than just take it and acquiesce, he said, "Okay, I'm going to fight these guys because I think this isn't really a wetland, and uh, the Clean Water Act protects uh, um, people who are engaged in normal farming, and I'm engaged in normal farming." So he went and fought it for the last four years. Through various courts, I take it? Through various courts. And, you know, um, it became a question, you know, under the Obama administration. They were saying, well, you know, we think we have, um, uh, we are able to regulate this, that the Army Corps of Engineers is, is able to, to regulate this. And they actually, they, the government won a series of, of court rulings saying, you know, upholding the right of the executive branch to go ahead and uh, regulate these under the Clean Water Act as wetlands, even though the land isn't always wet. And it's a little bit the definition of what they're allowed to um, uh, have domain over is a little bit 
ambiguous. But but nonetheless, one court ruling saying that they had the right to to do that. And so he was facing a fine of two point eight million dollars and then having to buy potentially um, mitigation credits offsets of the of 13 million dollars or so for for planting wheat on uh, on this land that environmental catastrophe that is a field of wheat um, so since right. you wrote this article, Mr. Duarte has taken a deal, it sounds like. He did take a deal. You know, and he, I just want to say he was pretty outspoken, you know, it's quoted in the local media, called these guys. And he, he didn't hold back, you know, uh, in being in being critical of Army Corps of Engineers, was quoted in the local paper calling them a car car full of idiots. You know, uh, he really let, he really let loose, which I think they didn't like. So they, they continued the case. But yes. Right before the penalty phase, just last week uh, in Sacramento in federal court. You know, by the way, he, just a, a general rule of thumb, don't insult the federal government just before the penalty phase. <laughs> well, that's always that's news you can use right there. Um, that's good to know. Um, but yes, that, that's a very important uh, piece of information for people. If, 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 you're ever, if there is ever a time to insult the federal government, it's not right before they're about to figure out how much how many millions of dollars uh, you're about to be fined. But anyway, yes, Eric, he did um, wind up entering into a, a settlement with the Justice Department and the Army Corps of Engineers, and they agreed on uh, about $1.1 million. So A bargain. You know, a just, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, pocket change, uh, essentially. I mean, much less than what he had been looking at, but clearly much more than he wanted to. And, you know, he, his legal fees, I mean, he had, it had been, the case had been taken pro bono, by the Pacific Legal Foundation, which is a conservative libertarian um, uh, law firm uh, on the West Coast. Pro-wheat-growing law firm. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're engaged in a lot of different interesting things out there. I mean, there's a lot of regulation out in California. I mean, it's, it's a, a pretty, pretty fertile ground, so to speak. There had been some question if the new Trump administration would have made any difference in how environmental issues get prosecuted. Uh, from the federal yeah. government um, doesn't doesn't look like it made any difference in this case. Well, no, I mean this is something. I mean the Obama administration brought this case and you know, prosecuted most of this case, and then it obviously went over to the Trump administration in January, and they sort of just let it ride uh, up through you know July and August. Uh, didn't pull back on it. I mean there was they uh, the, the, a lot of farmers in the farm lobby was really interested in this case because they thought it was pretty precedent setting about, hey, do you have to go to the government to ask for a permit every time you want to plant wheat anywhere near a creek? But um, but they, yeah, so the question was, was the Trump administration going to pull pull back? And they, you know, the farm lobby, I mean, they were they were working the, the congressmen and they were working you know, all, all kinds of elected officials to try to uh, put some pressure on the Justice Department to drop it. But the Justice Department just kept up with it. So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question about you know, why did they continue pursuing this at the same time that the Trump administration is supposedly pulling back on a lot of regulations? In this case, they they uh, they went on ahead and uh, and, you know, got a one a one a settlement from this farmer. Tony Messia, senior writer for The Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast and stay out of those vernal pools. Always good advice, a font of great advice coming from the Daily Standard podcast. Support for the Daily Standard podcast comes from Tracker. Your phone, your wallet, your keys, any of those happen to be lost? You know they're plotting against you hiding somewhere. Have you ever noticed that when you're looking for something, the place you find it is the last place you look? Think about that one for a second. 
Eight years ago, Tracker changed everything when they released their first tracking device, and now they've done it again with the all-new Tracker Pixel. With Tracker Pixel, you'll never worry about losing your things again. Tracker Pixel is the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. Place Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose, keys, wallets, even your dog. It's small enough to fit anywhere. You can even locate your item if it's miles away, because every Tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. It's kind of like Waze, but for finding stuff. And Tracker's 30-day money-back guarantee means you truly have nothing to lose. Go to thetracker.com, enter promo code STANDARD to get 20% off any order. That's spelled T-H-E-T-R-A-C-K-R.com, thetracker.com. Use promo code STANDARD for 20% off. Thetrackr.com, promo code STANDARD. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. Be sure to tune in every day. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription, or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. I'm Eric Felton. Thanks for listening.